When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Genetti. You know how we do rock and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. It's Tuesday, you know what that means. It's episode 87 of the most elite show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. This is the AEW Rundown. My name is Adam, I'm your host. Sal is here, what's up, buddy? What's going on, dude? How you been? How was your father's day? Eh. Eh. <laughs> uh, we went out for dinner and my littlest complained the whole time, so that was oh, great. Oh, good. Soon as she's not even done eating, as soon as she takes four bites, I want to go home. I'm bored. This is boring. Can we go home? I'm so tired. I want to go home. I'm like, you are nine. You are not four. This should not be allowed. But she's got a little temper on her. I don't know where she gets it from, to be honest. No clue. My my dad got me. I don't know why. I don't I don't know why my dad got me a Father's Day present cuz I'm not his dad, but I mean free shit, so I'll take it. <laughs> my dad got me a cold brew maker. Okay. But it's like an express cold brew maker, so it's not just pour the water in the thing, put the grounds in the thing and stick it in the fridge for a day and a half. I was going to say for a long time. It's got a it's got a pump built into it. So it actually pumps the water through the coffee grounds, so it makes you can make a pot of cold brew in like 15 minutes. But you have to use room temperature water, so then you still have to stick it in the fridge until it gets cold. But it's very cool. I used it this morning. It's uh, electric. Do you enjoy, like before you got this as a gift, did you enjoy cold brew? When I, when I had the time to make it. <laughs> oh, I meant like even if you yes. bought it at like Dunks or something. Oh, yeah. See, I, I had it a couple times. I never, mm, I don't know. It didn't really appeal to me. So I just went back to the iced coffee. I, I When I get it from, like, Dunks and shit, I always put fucking flavor syrups in it so it yeah. doesn't taste like fucking coffee, so I never notice the difference. But everybody's like, no, it's it's 
it's it's smoother because it's not it's not there's no heat and so it's less bitter. I don't know. To be honest, if it I tastes, brewed my own, then it yeah, tastes it like caramel taste. syrup. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm the same way. No, if I brewed my own, then you know maybe I I would totally uh, enjoy it more. But yeah, I get it at Dunk. So yeah, yeah. But now now since I have this, I don't have to go to Dunk some days when I'm not working. I can uh, just I can just do this because we have one of those breakfast sandwich makers too. <gasps> now that's the bomb. Dot com. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of retro things from the eighties and nineties, right? Oh, that was a whole conversation before we started. We are streaming live to the world at twitch.tv slash the Salzer Effect. We've already got Astro and KT in chat. Hello, friends. Welcome in. Hello, hello. Uh, Astro, Astro says, parent your child. Wait until she's a teenager. Um, but, yeah. This, uh, I've been, we were talking earlier, I've been running around like a maniac today because I worked yesterday. So I had to fit two days of free time shit into one day because I don't have a full day on Saturday because I have a show, which is why I had to work yesterday. But, and you're coming to that show. It's yes. going to be great. It's going to What are we missing? Because of it? Oh, Saturday Night, Saturday Night Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Jungle yeah. Boy definitely not winning the fucking title. Um, we'll have more on that later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we just... We, we went away for the weekend. Um, our whole group... Pod had a just went and spent the weekend up at uh, one of their houses. We were up in Sanford, Maine. Oh, Maine. Okay. Uh, we played uh, we played games and just hung out, and it was great. The kid uh, the kid was with uh, with, with Nana, and nice. uh, yeah. Wait, Nana, as in um, your wife's mother? Yeah. Ah, okay. No, my mom with the Alzheimer's. I was going to say, I got really herself. confused there for a second. <laughs> well, because usually you say your father um, takes them from uh, now and then. You know what I mean? Yeah, dad watches them during the week. Yeah. And now he's done with school. <laughs> yeah. So, he's on, okay. He's on summer break. So that's the thing in, in, in response very quickly to the parent your child comment, right? <laughs> so this week's all fucked up. My wife and my middle daughter are in Arkansas, okay, for, for a fucking pageant. Don't get me started. And Skylar just started working this week at the Boys and Girls Club. She's a camp counselor. Oh, so, nice. So I now have to drive her at 7.30 a.m. <laughs> and then I go, and then I start work at 10. So to say that this week has been upside down and all over the place is an understatement. Yeah. So it, you know, my... <clears throat> immediate thought when my child started getting bored was to ignore her um to which she doesn't like to be ignored so it did you know <laughs> um that sounds about right but like i'm not gonna like what am i she's a nine-year-old girl like i'm not gonna and you know i blame her grandparents because the grandparents are the ones that spoil her but anyway that's that's a whole nother fucking story <laughs> We'll we'll spend the entire episode <laughs> deconstructing that. Um, I listen. I listened. Uh, I got a little bit behind on podcasts over the weekend because I wasn't listening to them because I was hanging out with people and doing things. Um, but I listened to the uh, NXT rundown with you and Ginger from last week. Ah, okay. And talking about you talking about salespeople reminded me 
of the three worst months of my life that I was a debt collector. <gasps> oh, because you're talking about how you're talking about how you know you got to reach you got to you got to reach your goals so you can get your bonus. Mm-hmm. Except the goals are calculated in such a way that they're impossible to fucking reach. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sucked. Um, I was I am I am I am proud. I am proud of how terrible I was at that job. Yeah, and because and, I have a soul. Yes, and that's what I was saying. And uh, a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, one of our dear friends um, took umbrage with me, saying the <laughs> salespeople were scumbags. Uh, and it, it, I didn't mean him, like what he does for a job. I meant like <laughs> what they tried to force you to do. Because I used to work adjacent with the collections department, and you only make money when you, you know, con or bully somebody into paying you their debts. Mm-hmm. You can either lie to them ridiculously and have no soul, or you can just like intimidate them and like scare them to death. And like be vicious I, with them. <laughs> I had to call a woman with Huntingdon's disease, which is a terminal illness, hmm. and tell her that the school didn't care. She still had to pay her. They still had to pay her student loans that she had. Isn't that the day you quit? No, but that's okay. the day that I really knew that this was not going to last at all. <laughs> um, I did. I did post something on Facebook. With no identifying details about anything. I didn't say, you know, I just had to tell this woman about hunting disease. But somebody somebody reported me to the boss. <gasps> so I had, to, I had to lie to their face in a meeting when they said, do you like working here? I had to go, yeah. I do. Great. I that's, really do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, to circle back around, that's what half of the AEW roster says to Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Around. Uh, Speaking of Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's begin. <laughs> that was the weirdest pause. <laughs> like you were expecting me to say something. I was. I was waiting Tony Khan, and then you didn't. And I had nothing because you were on a roll. Let's begin with being the elite. Episode 261. Entitled Trip. Trip. Cold open this week. We begin with Matt Jackson and Doc Gallows. I quit. You said that joke last week. Still true. Matt talks about their six man tag while Gallows holds up a jersey with 69 on it. Get it? Get, get it? Uh, then Nick Jackson and Carl discuss who will cheat to help the team win. This gives Carl, um, wait, the, I'm sorry, the idea of cheating gives Carl a sour face. No, he ate a, he ate a sour patch kid. Oh, did he? But, okay. But you see, it's, it's funny because Carl Anderson is a scumbag who cheats on his hot Asian wife. I thought that. I didn't want to, like, say it, but yeah. It's funny because he's a piece of shit. Ha, 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 ha. Or that's what everybody's saying about him, and that's his way of like calling out the IWC. Do you know what I mean? 
Just throwing yeah, but, it out there. I don't know. I've not, I don't know if he actually look. I'm. I I don't know what goes on between Kyle Anderson and his wife. That's all I'm saying. The only time I've ever heard anything <laughs> is when is when you guys in the host thread say like Carl Anderson Chino's wife. I've never heard anything. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying I can't comment on it. KT says we begin with Matt Jackson. Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Astra says, ha ha, 69, ha. No, do you know for a fact that Carl Anderson cheated on his wife? I know what's been presented in the host thread. <laughs> There's other things that have been presented in the host thread that are not true at all. I'm just saying. But, you know, plans change. So, anyway. Uh, we see the octagon cage in Daly's place. Hexagon. Copyright. Uh, probably trademark, but it was a hexagon. Uh, production fucks with the lights in the video. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, why, why? Why was this a thing? If this episode of BTE had aired before Dynamite, maybe. Right. But it aired after. So it's just like, here's here's... Two minutes of that cage you saw three days ago. <laughs> Nothing's happening, but here it is. Yeah, it was odd placement, too, because why is that the first thing we see? And again, like you said, it's not like this was before this air before. Cause I'm sure it was recorded before Dynamite, but whatever. Well, obviously. Um, okay. The Hollywood hunk, Ryan Nemeth. Is out next. And um, today, he's going to interview Negative One. Negative One makes fun of Ryan Nemeth, and then we see him uh, riding down the hall on a skateboard. It's weird. I, I guess Ryan Nemeth has, like, PTSD when people make fun of him? What the fuck was this? I don't know, but but I'm not wrong, right? Like... He started having like a fit because Negative One was making fun of him. Negative One, by the way, for all anybody who doesn't know, a twelve-year-old child <laughs> or ten, for that matter. I don't even know. The only thing that I can think of, and this is looking at this with hindsight of what happens later in the episode, yeah, is that Ryan Nemeth got into ten stash. Maybe. But it's this was so they had fucking nothing, weird. Those two bits had nothing to do with each other. So that I, don't know I know, about that. It's the, but it's the only thing I could think of because it's all of it because it was fucking hallucinatory flashbacks of. But they weren't flashbacks. They were like what was happening right in that moment. Well, I mean, technically, it was a flashback because it was like three seconds ago. Sure, but whatever. Got KT. I'd also be a negative one if I had to talk to Dolph Light. Seriously. Alright, time for more trick shots with Nick Jackson. Uh, he tosses a sardine to a seal. And then he says, too easy. Well, yeah, the seal is kind of trained to catch it in his mouth. Moving on. <laughs> we see Peter Avalon standing in the hallway when Leva Bates comes up to him. She asks Peter what he wanted to give her last time. Hey, remember that time six months ago when you wanted to give me a gift? Dick. Um, he says he was going to give her a book, and she goes, oh, 
oh, but I misplaced it. And she's like, hmm? So then, of course, um, <laughs> the homewrecker himself, Alex Reynolds, shows up. <clears throat> Alex Reynolds is a shitbag. E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. Yes. Astro uh, says, says, I feel like that, for people who may not know, was directed towards me. I'd pretend one of these days I'd watch B to eat and no more, but that seems torturous. Now you know why John won't come back on the show. Right? Oh, my God. He's, like, over there trumpeting, like, not not the phrase I wanted to use. He's over there just, he can't stop talking he's, about how awful being the elite is. He's over there jazz fluting. Every fucking time we talk to John, he's like, man, Raw was rough, but still better than being the elite. I'm like, John, Raw's three fucking hours, bro. <laughs> being the elite's 20 minutes, a little bit different. That's how bad it sucks. It's not worse than Raw. Go watch what Nikki Cross did last night. I wouldn't know. I'm sure you'll, somebody will post a gif on Twitter for this man. KT, do me the favor. Send Adam a gif of Nikki Cross last night. I saw pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's much better than being the elite. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes, Alex Reynolds is a shitbag. He shows up and gives Leva the catch on the rye book that he stole from Peter. With the note that Peter wrote that he signed his name to. Yep. Uh, before Peter can respond, Baloney shows up and gives Peter a Kama Sutra book. And then Leva and Alex look at him weird. <sighs> and Leva's like, is that the book you were going to give me? Ew, gross. And then no. Alex... Alex Reynolds calls him a pervert. Yeah, and then Alex goes, She's a lady, you pervert! Whoa, 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 she's a lady. I actually thought that, too, when he said that. They leave, and Peter Avalon feels misunderstood. Wah! <laughs> Am I supposed to feel bad for Peter Avalon? Because I don't. I, uh, uh, nah. Nah. Huh. All right. Then we go to a child-sized kiddie pool. KT says, just think the hurricane and the blue meanie had a bastard daughter. Yeah, they were. Uh, hi, Craig. Bye, Craig. Kiddie pool. Speaking yes. of things I fucking hate. Yeah, we go to a kiddie pool, and uh, someone is putting a child beach chair in it. And then we see that someone is Marco Stunt. Nice, this just got worse. That's right, BTE just got worse. Uh, he brags about being the new BTE champ. He's also wearing an oversized sun hat. Marco addresses why he's not defending the belt, and it's because he's not there, and there's no one to defend it against. But next week, we'll have a number one contenders match. Are you ready for the Marco era of BTE? Uh now, now we now we know why Marco never talks on dynamite. Yeah, cause holy shit, he sounds more like a twelve year old boy than Shayna Baszler does. Cause next week there's gonna be a title match. No, the, no, there's gonna we're gonna have a we're gonna have a, a contender <laughs> match, and and we're gonna have contenders, and then next week is it's contenders, and then the week after they have a title match. Let's brighten your mood, shall we? Let's go 
to the Dark Order Clubhouse. Let's. Uno, Colt, Stu, and Alex Reynolds are apparently acting out a movie scene. Uh, this is a rib. This is a rib on Brandon. On Brandon? Oh, from, because... From, because last week's thing did. Because last week's thing didn't record correctly. Yes. Because the entire thing was them setting up to start filming the scene, and as soon as it says action, it cuts away. Oh, my God. Um, Hangman is filming it on his iPhone, by the way. Um, <laughs> forget which... Oh, Uno. Uno has a Kurt Angle-style cowboy hat on, and it's hilarious. Also, Stu and Alex are holding bananas, and they're trying to play them off as guns. Oh, Colt, do you know, Colt, do you know what you are? Colt, Colt, what are you? I'm the ghost, uh, of, I'm the banana ghost of banana gun past. <laughs> <sighs> KT says, you know what's really sad? Marco Stunt is the first person in Jurassic Express to win an AEW title. Let that sink in. But they're not supposed to be related. Right. You gotta keep them separated. So... There's somebody missing from this little Dark Order movie. And it's our favorite drug dealer, Ten. Oh, I thought you were going to say five. No, fuck him. Uh, <laughs> we cut to Ten, who says the guys are filming a movie, so I have brought them some grade A shit. It's so grade A, it has glitter in it. It's so grade A, it has glitter in it. It's so good that he spent his life savings on it. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so this grade-A shit is on a paper plate, right? Yep. And Ten slowly and comically, including the fucking track, makes his way down the hall, trying his best to avoid anyone who was about to knock into him. <laughs> We might as well have got the Benny Hill music here. <laughs> um, and then, you know, <laughs> of course, trope of all comedy tropes. When Ten arrives at the Dark Order Clubhouse, he trips over the wire and spills all the cocaine. Here's the thing. <laughs> is you skipped over the Chekhov's gun in the first part of this. Because as Paige was getting everything set up, he going over, you know, you're, you know what you are, you know what you are. Everybody knows their lines. We're good. The lighting's good. Nobody trip over that ca that camera cable. Oh, I didn't hear that part. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the um, substance goes flying all over the dark water. Um, and John Silver starts screaming like he got shot in the eye. <laughs> so then everyone starts geeking out if you don't know what that means I'm not going to be the one to explain it to you <laughs> um, then we go to Dynamite where we get Cutler Cam for the entrance of the Elite uh, Cutler can show us Buck hi Buck's highlights from the match more on that match later man the uh the crowd in, in Cutler Cam, mm. it's a lot quieter than the crowd on Dynamite. Yeah, and a it's, lot less. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, where are those fans that keep showing on Dynamite with their signs? It's weird. 
So then we go back to the Dark yeah, Order Clubhouse. Back to the good stuff. Yes. Um, Adam, serious question. Sal. Have you ever seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? I have not. Oh, this was right up there with that. <laughs> As in, um, everyone is fucked up beyond belief. And they are just fucking high out of their goddamn minds. Um, everyone's hallucinating. John Silver's screaming for someone to kick his ass. Somebody beat me up! Somebody beat me up! Uh, Uno is then having visions of himself talking backwards to himself. Yep. <laughs> I think I just tripped out there. Um, uh, Reynolds has a trip where he thinks he doesn't have any hair. Yep. <laughs> Um, Colt thinks that pro- excellent, excellent use of Snapchat filters here. Hmm. Um, Colt thinks that pro wrestling tees locked him out of the shop, and now Taz's face is on the box instead of his. Oh, and by the way, ten is completely. This was normal. the best part of this whole thing. <laughs> ten it's just chilling, part. scrolling through his phone, looking at sales from Macy's. Every, everybody, yeah, every everybody else is convulsing and just kind of in a fugue state. <laughs> And Ten, who is the one who's always on drugs? Ten is just sitting in the in the dark order lounge at the little semicircular bench, just going, "Oh, there's a sale at Macy's." <laughs> uh, yeah, Ten completely unaffected. Well, because um, he didn't get hit with the shit, he threw it on everybody else. That's true. Okay. <laughs> then Stu has visions of Anna J. Kinda. Yeah. The first one looks like a shitty cardboard cutout. <laughs> the second one. The second one is the stick figure that Paige that Hangman drew three weeks ago. Here's the thing. He starts making out with the stick figure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Here's the thing. I wrote I wrote Anna Better Be in Stu's hallucination. But it's so much better this way. <laughs> because because remember Stu's not 100% sure if she's real. This is true. So instead, we just get a picture of her. And then, and then the fucking stick figure was just amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Um, and I understand BT's not supposed to be canon, but it's very interesting what's going on with Hangman. You're not going to mention Stu by the dumpster? Oh, by the way, yes. In real life, Stu is in his underwear by the dumpsters. Something I never knew I needed. Stu Grayson his <laughs> underpants. So, um, Hangman has a vision where the Dark Order presents him with the AEW World Championship. Hmm. But what was in the bag? I don't know. Was it chilies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually, but, um, here's the thing, um, in real life, Hangman is upside down and twitching. <laughs> Typical Saturday night. Speaking of real life, Five shows up, and he looks around at everybody choking on their own tongues and is like, I'm actually going to take another week off. Yeah. Have fun, guys. <laughs> five, the smartest one in the dark corner. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, good call, Five. I mean, then again, it's not their fault. They didn't fucking ask to do that cocaine. It got thrown at them. <laughs> All right. 
We had Reynolds with no hair. We had Stu with the stick figure. We had Uno in some weird fucking bullshit. And then we had um, uh, Colt in the pro wrestling tee shop. So who who had the best uh, fucking trippy vision? Oh, and then we had Hangman with the with the world title. I I laughed the hardest at Colts, <laughs> just because he's like, "Let me in, let me, I'm on the box." And then sh- the guy on the inside just holds the box up to the window, and it's Taz's face. It's Taz's that made me face. that made me laugh really hard. Um, it's it's stew for me. It it just that's fucking stupid. That was also, that was also hilarious. great. Hilarious. Also great. Um, and then credit to Hangman and Ten too because their their bits were funny. So from that, because you know that was actually decent. Astro, could you all talking positively? Nope, not when no. good shit. When good shit happens, we tend to, we can say good things about it. Yes, and, and the Dark ended, Order is the only good shit on BTE. Yes, and that ended very quickly because we go to our next segment, and Vicky, <laughs> Nyla, and Ryzen are chilling in the back, ready to play a drinking game. Okay, uh, Nyla pulls out a giant flask. Tell me this didn't remind you of Ambrose? What? It's a it's a big flask. It's funny. Is it? It's a really big flask. <laughs> That's Burt Reynolds. It, oh also, it was absolutely empty. Yeah, I know. Um, she pours some in uh, liquid. Yeah, right. She pours something into Vicky's oh, below normal, the size, normal size flask. And um, Ryzen is eating blue pills, but supposedly they're just regular candy. I don't know. Vicky Vicky Guerrero suggests that they play Uno and Nyla Rose flips out after a harsh smash cut yeah very very harsh smash cut Nyla Nyla starts flipping out she's like I hate Uno Uno's the worst thing ever god I hate Uno meanwhile evil Uno walks behind her and here's everything she says, and he's really sad. And then Nyla turns around and sees Evil Uno, and Uno very Uno best part of this segment goes, "You hurt me," and then he leaves. Which Vicky laughs at. Yes, Vicky just completely busts up laughing. Um. So then, Nyla suggests. <clears throat> An Owaja board. So, I wrote, well, that was stupid. And I was referring to the segment with with Uno. Mm -hmm. Turns out it applies to this entire bit. Yeah. So, um, Ryzen corrects her, tells her it's a Ouija board. And they begin to play... Um, but they can't think of... Well, first of all, Nyla asks Ryzen, um, you know, what what should we ask the board? And he goes, hold on, let me think. 
And an hour, we see the clock, and an hour goes by. She's like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, I don't know, I can't think of anything. So they um, they decide they're going to say, hey, what can our group name be? Because Ryzen's like, hey, I'm not a vixen, I shouldn't be part of the vicious vixens. But, like, we have a thing going on here. So they ask the Ouija board to name their group, and the Ouija board spells out Amen. Or Amen. Uh, they determine this must be an acronym. Amen. Uh, yeah, they, after after not recognizing the word. Mm-hmm. So their um their acronym stands for Angelic Ministries. Always making endless nonsense. Yeah, that that works too. They labeled it as Angelic Ministries of Embezzling Negotiations. Then we get an 80s sitcom theme song that seems like a parody of Family Matters. Yeah. I was oh. like, don't ever do that bit again. Awful. Was it Family Matters or was it One Day at a Time? I couldn't. See, it was a parody, though. It wasn't. Mm. Anyway. That's a callback. Uh, Rundown Wrestling is raiding us. Hey, friends. Welcome in. Oh, that means they're done recording. I'm so jealous. We started late. Uh, next, the Hardy family office slow mows down a hallway to the beginning of a rap song. It's like a music video, y'all. Then we see Matt Hart. Mar- we see Matt Hardy holding a check made out to Christian Cage for seventy thousand four hundred and sixty-five dollars. There's got to be a reason it's that amount, right? Oh, uh, Lord knows. Uh, this will fund uh, Cage's retirement. Uh, he warns Christian, take the money, or I will send you home for good. Matt Hardy does not know how to fill out a fucking check. He wrote the date on the signature line. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, we go to Ryan Nemeth, and we get more Hollywood trivia. Now, once again, it's Trent. I still want that tank top. Yeah, um, Trent completely rips this bit a fucking new asshole and calls out Nemeth and is like, dude, we've done this before. In fact, I was wearing the same fucking shirt. <laughs> dude, it's you. I know it's you. Can you put your, can you just put winner on the screen? And then they did. They put winner on the screen. So I'm, I'm really hoping that's the death of the bit and we never have to I, see it again. I really wanted Trent to, to shove uh, Nemeth into the ice chest. Ooh, that too. Well, no, locked. he fucking deserved it because he was like, "Oh, hey, what's over here, Trent? Are you busy?" And he's like, "No, I'm not fucking busy. You told me to stand, <laughs> here, told me to stand here and and act like I'm getting ice to as be on your fin- stupid <laughs> fucking show." As he's fingering the ice. <laughs> he was. This is true. Ah. KT says, KT says, I mean, Rundown had to review Hell in a Cell, so it's only fair AEW has to talk about Matt Hardy. True. Yeah, so that was uh, Being the Elite. That's over. I like the Dark Order bit. That was funny. Of course. Where's our little soundbite? They can push the button. The Dark Order was the best part of the show. The Dark Order was the only good part of the show. I'm going to clip that. You know I am. <laughs> so, now I have a drop. Anyway. Uh, so, oh, speaking of that, I forgot. Anyway, let's talk about 
Friday Night Dynamite, shall we? I could I could make it a sound command, but it wouldn't show up on the recording, so it wouldn't. Okay. I know. Yeah. Uh, yes, Dinamite episode ninety. Are you sure? Because they could have filmed them completely out of order. Uh, when do you think this this cage fight was filmed? And was it more than two weeks ago? I was thinking it was filmed in January. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Speaking of the cage fight, let's begin with a cold open and a split screen. Yeah. On the left, Jake Hager, accompanied by Jericho. On the right, Wardlow, accompanied by Sean Spears. <sighs> More on that in just a little bit. Shivani says, it's a cage fight. And we go into the dynamite open. After the fire. Astra says, what made you think January? Just because they literally could have recorded this at any point. Yeah. Ever. It, it, uh, after the fire and the pyro, JR welcomes us to Dynamite. Tonight he is joined by Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Taz. Why the fuck is Taz there? I just put for some fucking reason. <laughs> uh, Taz admits he has no stakes in this match, but he's here. Yeah. Uh, and there's a cage. And again, it's a hexagon, so they don't get sued. We pan out and we see the AEW ring has been replaced by a caged shape. Because <laughs> it's got it's got to be it's got to be a trademark, right? That's why that other one is a circle. And I don't know. I didn't. I wrote octagon because in my mind I'm used to seeing an octagon in UFC. <laughs> it was a hexagon. Um, do they have octagons in um, Bellator? I don't know. Anyway, hopefully this doesn't get as ugly as the brawl for all. And I'm not looking it up because I don't fucking care. Match number one, Jake Hager versus Wardlow. Cage fight. I believe you mean... Rock hard. No, they are. You fucking killed the joke. <laughs> I had it a little later. Wardlow comes out, shows off his braid for some reason. <laughs> Makes his way to the lion's den. Oh, sorry. Uh, AEW cage. Uh, a stagehand that looks like Heath Slater checks Wardlow for presumably weapons, but he doesn't find anything. An extra pretends to know what he's doing and checks <laughs> Wardlow's mouth guard and gloves. Uh, next, Hager comes out as we see highlights from uh, Hager's last few MMA fights. Sadly, no clips of Jake Hager kneeing his opponents in the deck. Yeah, right. Wonder why they left that out. Oh, yeah, Excalibur going, he's, he's a winner in his last two fights. And I'm like, Why? <laughs> Boy, is that putting a spin on it. Hope Wardlow's wearing a cup. Once both competitors enter the cage, Justin Roberts gives us formal introductions and rules. He announces there will be three five-minute rounds, and since there are no judges, the only way to win is by knockout, submission, or TKO. He announces Wardlow, but forgets the Mr. Mayhem moniker. He announces Hager, but makes sure to call him... Rock hard, Jake Hager! I just want to say, Hager is accompanied to the ring by Chris Jericho, mm -hmm. but thankfully not Chris Jericho's theme song. That's true. And not his sh normal shitty theme song either, so maybe he got into music. Yeah, also, yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the heart. I yeah. think that was the generic Inner Circle theme song. Also, just in case you were, uh, just in case you were still wondering whether or not this was legit... Who's the referee? Aubrey. 
Yeah. Are you reading my notes? <laughs> I put Aubrey as the referee, good God, why? <laughs> and we begin round one. First problem. Hager, the one with the MMA experience, backs up each time he throws a strike, which is 100% not how those things usually go. Round one begins and we dance around. Jake throws some strikes that aren't meant to make contact, and we dance. And we dance. And we dance. Now allow allow me for my note. They circle, and when they finally engage, they dance, and then they hug, and then they separate again. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like Sal's parents' marriage. What? God, this is awful. Uh, Hager hits a left jab and then walks away for some reason. I still don't fucking get it. <laughs> Wardlow then hits a low kick and then another. He attempts a double leg takedown. No, I'm sorry. Hager then hits a low kick and then another. He attempts a double leg takedown, but Wardlow throws him by the waist halfway across the ring. Yeah. Yeah, Hager with like a straight jab to the forehead, and then they just laugh at each other. Yes. <laughs> um... Hager then gets his double leg takedown and again immediately backs off. <laughs> Just immediately gets up. What the fuck? What the fuck? That's literally not how MMA works. <sighs> Hager hits a second. Wow, synchronized size. I know. Hager <laughs> uh, Hager gets a second double leg takedown and tries some hammer fist, but Warlow kicks him away. Warlow then catches a kick attempt from Hager and counters with a punch right to Hager's face. That won't look like it got him in the eye. My little note here, this is the longest five minutes of my life. Oh, just wait. Uh, Wardlow continues with strikes, and then they start exchanging heavy strikes with 30 seconds left. Wardlow starts beating the fucking piss out of Hager and launches himself off the cage and hits a Superman punch. Because, you know, uh... I've see, I see that all the time when I watch UFC. Hager gets himself in serious trouble, but the round ends, and Hager is one lucky son of a bitch. In kayfabe, of course. Shitty, fake-looking back-and-forth blocked punches, then more shit that's obviously choreographed. This fucking sucks. Wardlow punches against the cage, and the round ends. This is even worse than a British rounds match, because they're trying to pretend that it's actually real. Yeah, but this is shorter than most of your British rounds matches. (laughs) And I know because I recapped it. Um, round two begins and Wardlow charges Hager with a running knee, but misses by a mile. Yeah. Hager gets a waist lock and Wardlow almost yeah. counters into, into a Kimura. Yes. Now we're, now we're wrestling in the cage fight. <laughs> yes. Um, instead of get locking in the Kimura, he mounts Hager and tries to strike Hager in the face, but Hager covers up. Wardlow goes for an arm breaker, but Hager escapes. Then Hager locks in a triangle, and Wardlow breaks it by lifting Hager off the canvas and dropping him down. Yes. What What did Hager try to do right before that cross arm breaker? Uh, cover up? I don't know. Lateral press, and he hooked the leg. Oh, 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 oh. That's right. Um... <laughs> what are you what are you randy savage in the royal rumble what the fuck's wrong with you yes it was a lateral plus i thought he was going for a leg submission but then he just stopped what he was doing so i don't he it's not like he like wrenched back and like 
got a full cover. I don't I don't know what he was doing. I thought he was trying to transition to something. He hooked the fucking legs out. But then he let it go right away. It wasn't like he like pulled it back. Like he went, Oh yeah, I'm dumb. Yeah. I'm gonna bump elbows. <laughs> uh uh, Warlow, uh, let's see here. Warlow kicks off Hager, but Hager responds with a big boot to the chest. Hager attempts the boot a second okay. time. That power bomb out of the triangle choke. What did he get him, like two inches off the canvas? Hey, Jesus, Tony. <laughs> no, it was, because it was... He... Hager wants to cross arm breaker, but Wardlow blocks, so Hager turns it into a triangle. Oh, oh, that's why I didn't put Powerbomb. I put lifting Hager off the yeah. canvas and dropping him down. Because that's all he did. He got him off the canvas, and then he dropped him right back. So Wardlow barely lifts Hager off the canvas, but this is enough to make him break the hold. Yeah. Uh, KT says, Tony, I'm assuming that's Khan, not Shivani. Watched never back down and said, we can do this. This is why we had this stupid match. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Wardlow starts throwing punches again, but somehow Hager maneuvers this into an ankle lock. It's got to be it, right? That's his finisher. Or it's his longtime finisher. Warlow kicks him off, but Hager responds with a boot to the chest. Hager attempts the boot a second time, but Warlow catches Hager and lifts him up and power bombs him into the cage wall. Because I've seen many kind. power bombs in uh, kind of MMA. Uh, Warlow then hits a running Hurricanrana, followed what that up with a spear. A running Hurricanrana from Wardlow, first of all. It'd be like Dave Batista doing it. And second of all, it's my favorite UFC move. I love when they do her Karanas in UFC. <laughs> this is the legit, legitimate shoot fight, by the way. A Hurricanrana. One of the most choreographed moves in the history of wrestling. <sighs> Following the spear, Wardlow with more mounted punches to the head. Hager avoids one strike and locks in the dreaded head and arm triangle. The Hager hug, please. Taz calls it a katakatami, but Wardlow actually makes it back to his feet. So it looks like Jake Hager's move isn't that impressive. He lifts Hager in a fireman's carry, sets up for an F5, but Hager elbows his way out. F10. F10. Hager lifts Wardlow and hits a crappy Uranagi into the head and arm choke right in the center. Can I just... I, Warlow can't escape, and I guess he passes out? But he flips Jericho off first. Aubrey, Aubrey calls it, and your winner is Jake Hager. Warlow wants an F10 in a fucking cage fight. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was this? Not a cage... Not a fucking I, mixed martial arts match, to say oh that. God, that was bad. I... So... Behind-the-scenes note here. I... I will usually recap the entire show in my notes so that I so that I can better remember when shit happened as opposed to just writing bullet points and hoping that Sal mentions the thing that led to the note that I have. Mm. And I, I was doing that here. This was so fucking bad. I stopped doing that. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna write up more of the show than I have. <laughs> well, lucky you, because I, I fucking had to recap this whole goddamn thing. I got both tag matches, so that's true. Um, but no, this was, was this was difficult. You, you have no idea. This was more difficult for me to to recap than anything else on this card. This was so it was such a pain because it was a bunch of nothing this and then stupidness, garbage. 
Garbage. Now, it's important that I, I go to this next note. So, Justin announces your winner by submission. Excalibur immediately cuts that off and says Wardlow never tapped. Yeah. And says it was referee stoppage. JR is confused and I feel bad for him. <laughs> well, I don't know how any of this works, pal. I mean, I thought of it. I mean, yeah, he didn't submit. I mean, that's 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 right. So we won. <laughs> uh, after Hager celebrates, he makes his way to Wardlow and they almost have this. Because, you know, respect. But then Sean Spears blindsides Hager, which leads to Jericho jumping in. Wardlow and Jericho brawl while Spears puts the boost to Hager. Yes. So, no, sorry. I'm, I'm just... a... Go ahead. Uh, no, who, 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 who makes the save, Sal? Who makes the fucking save for Chris Jericho in 2021? <laughs> Dude, we're not there yet. Well, you you stopped me, so okay. That's why let, I was. Let me get there. Let me get there. <sighs> Wardlow and Jericho brawl while Spears puts the boots to Hager. MJF runs down and attacks Jericho. Oh yeah, MJF hadn't come out yet. I this is terrible. He Sal. attacks Jericho's injured elbow and locks him in the salt of the earth armbar. This is so bad, my brain is trying to skip ahead. Jericho, I've been trying to skip ahead. You keep interrupting me. Jericho taps like a bitch. I'm going to throw something at you. And then old man Dean Malenko has to save his ass. Dean Malenko. Not Sammy. Not Santana. Not Ortiz. Dean fuck Malenko. Only... So that when MJF beats Dean Malenko up, JR can say, Oh, it's a 61 year old man with Parkinson's. Yes. That is absolutely accurate. The only reason it's Malenko is so that we can get some really cheap heat on MJF. Um, MJF threatens to punch Malenko, but Dean doesn't flinch, so MJF acts like he's going to leave, and then he punches Malenko anyway, to which JR says, Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> and then he Exa says... Exactly like that. <laughs> you just punched a 60-year-old man with Parkinson's degree disease. <laughs> Parkinson's degrees. <laughs> Parkinson's degrees. <laughs> he went to the school of Parkinson's. <laughs> Then Sammy Guevara's music hits. You know, the one who should have made the save in the first place. Yeah, where the fuck were you three minutes ago, Sammy? <laughs> uh, the pinnacle clear the clear out of the ring. MJF hides behind Wardlow, and uh, Wardlow and Sammy mouth off at each other as they back up the tunnel. I gotta get my shoes on. Dean, can you? And I'll be out in a minute. <laughs> um, hey, maybe we'll get a... Maybe we'll get a uh, a bit on uh, Sammy's vlog, <laughs> and he'll be like eating a fucking quinoa. <laughs> remember that? Do you remember when Becky didn't help Charlotte? Because you, <laughs> that was funny. This is backstage not... and raw eating your eating your bowl, and goes oh, and puts it down on the thing. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, by the way, Shivani cannot help himself. He calls MJF disgusting. That was Jeez. disgusting. Despicable. Meanwhile, Taz is like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't know why I was here to begin with. Dude, at one point, 
I think Taz thought that he was there because he knew like he submissions. Yeah, and like judo judo moves and stuff like that. And like at w- after he saw like the Superman punch off the side of the cage, Taz just started laughing. <laughs> and he was like, "All right, okay, so oh yeah, well, that's what we're doing." So he, I, oh, so, so this is bullshit. Then. So this is bullshit. Then. <laughs> because Taz was like taking it seriously and like explaining like the joint holds and stuff. Oh lord. Yeah, and that's when he checked out, and he was just like, "I'm fucking done. I'm out of here." <laughs> Peace, I'm out of here. <sighs> oh god. Tonight. Penta, Kingston, Kazarian will take on Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers. We then go to Penta, Kingston, and Kazarian. Frankie cuts uh, a low-key, really nice promo here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, He criticizes Matt Jackson for being a devout hypocrite. And Kingston snickers the whole time. (laughs) Kazarian says he is not a righteous man, but he is a man who is hungry for vengeance and thirsty for retribution. Not that one. He's a man who's done being decent in indecent times, and he's a man who will leave them all laying in a pile of their own despair. Oh, sorry. Despair. I liked liked, um, Kazarian's part of this promo. Yeah. The other two left something to be desired. Eddie Kingston then steals a line from Undertaker Shawn Michaels, which at this point was 12 years ago. And Penta finishes with Sierra Miedo. Penta, who is still dressed like the Joker. (laughs) <laughs> because this was all done in one taping, you see. <laughs> That's why Trent still had that same tank top on. True. Uh, back to the announce desk, and we run down the rest of the card. Cody and Wish.com <laughs> Arn Anderson take on QT Marshall and Bailey's ex-boyfriend. I'm going to mention it here, just because there, you'll catch it that there's a theme. They show the match graphic for the trios match. Yep. We go to the promos from Frankie, Eddie, and Penta. And we come back to the match graphic for the trios. <laughs> I know. <sighs> Remember that when we get later on. All right. Orange Cassidy will take on Caesar Baloney. JR sits down with Andrade El Idolo. And Julia Hart will take on Penelope Ford in a match that no one knew was going to happen. Oh, good God. More on that later. Don't be mean to the 19-year-old blonde, all right? She's obviously a rookie. Let's be honest here. And besides, I'm recapping that match, so only I can be mean to her. (laughs) Obviously a rookie to the point where she shouldn't be on TV, but we'll get there. Also, more on rookies who shouldn't be on TV, but we'll get there. So, uh, after a commercial break, we go to a pre-tape from Taz minus Brian Cage. Team Taz. What? The end of that the end of that commercial break featured our first teaser commercial for AEW Rampage. Wouldn't you know it, Sal? They were in a fucking warehouse. I got an Arby's commercial. But we're watching on different platforms, so I'll take your word for it. Uh let's see here. It's a lot of lightning. Team Taz. Oh, so it's like the Bobby Lashley um, intro? Uh, Taz admits there is issues within Team Taz. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) 
Uh, he orders Ricky Starks to end the feud with Brian Cage. <laughs> Before Starks can respond, Hobbs cuts him off. He doesn't want to fucking hear it because last week everyone left him out there alone. Right. Hung him out the drive. You, you, and you. Y'all left me there by myself. We're supposed to be a team. Strike Force was a team, goddammit, a team! Taz agrees with Hobbs and challenged Hangman to fight Hobbs next week on Saturday night. Dynamite. Uh, and then... Uh, match number two. To the ring for the entrances of the men of the year. Oh, hey. The ring is back. They got that put together quick. Right? Enter dumb fuck Darby. <laughs> he, he, doesn't even bring, he doesn't even bring his skateboard. Uh, he throws his jacket into Ethan Page's face and the bell rings. Ethan starts. Darby slaps him. He no-sells it. Arm dragged by Darby. Then another. Then a third with a flourish. And Page flails to the corner for a timeout. He tags Scorpio, who gets the drop toe hold. Uh, who gets drop toe hold. Hold did. Hold, hold did. Drop toe held. Anyway, and rolled up for two. Uh, double teams happen. Then Darby takes them both out with a springboard back elbow, and he covers Scorpio for two. Side headlock. Scorpio tags out, sends Darby off the ropes, and Page hits a big shoulder block. Cage wants to toss Darby into the crowd again, but there's not a crowd tonight, so Darby drops into a sleeper hold. Excalibur thanks State Farm as Page hurls Darby into the buckles upside down. Page fails to catch a couple of up kicks and just stomps on Darby, and we go to box. When we come back, Page is still dominating. He tags out. Backbreaker from Scorpio, and he tags out. Bigger backbreaker from Page, and he tags out. Bigger backbreaker from uh, from Scorpio, and he tags out. Have yourself a backbreaker in this match. <laughs> Give me a break. Give me a break. Uh, Darby with a small package for a two count, then Page goes back on offense. Darby's able to get a reverse DDT. Page crawls and tags out. Darby tags himself. And hits his comeback. Code Red broken up by two, uh, broken up at two by Page, who then just hurls Darby to the mat. <laughs> uh, Darby zip ties Page's feet together and tosses him to the floor. Okay, really? He this turned into fucking Looney Tunes now. I have another. I have a, I have a note on that later. Um, Darby zip ties Page's feet together, tosses him to the floor. Darby gets a couple of two counts, then a stun dog. He goes up top, hits the coffin drop, and covers Scorpio, but Page is able to pull Darby out of the ring. Ethan Page looks like a moron, by the way, with his fucking legs being zip tied. Ethan uh, Page finds a toolbox and cuts himself free. He throws Darby into the ring post. You know what I loved about that toolbox? Ring. Fucking emptiest toolbox I've ever seen in my life. The only thing in there was something to cut the zip ties. Page tags in officially. He puts Darby up on the top buckle, but Darby blocks a superplex and bites Page's hand. He headbutts Page off the corner, wants a coffin drop, but Scorpio pulls the legs out. Ego's edge, and that's all she wrote. I think Thanks. you missed a spot. God. Hmm? I think you missed a spot. Okay. Um, right after Page cut himself free, he tossed Darby headfirst into the post. I said that. And it went... Like, it made, like, a god-awful noise that I don't think was giving. <laughs> it was like, ping! It was. It sounded like the aluminum bats at a Little League game. But yes, to, to, to your point earlier, I was, I was ready. After the first match, I was prepared to be so fucking angry when those zip ties came out. Dar Darby hit that coffin drop, and I was like, god damn it! Because it would have made no fucking sense, and it would have absolutely... Exactly. I mean, it already did damage to Scorpio and Paige, but 
it would have done even more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then just like, okay, so I agree that he lost with to the ego's edge. That makes sense. Don't do the zip tie spot. There's other ways to do hope spots. You don't need to do the fucking zip tie spot. It's dumb. We talked uh, last week after after we after the podcast. We talked. Oh, maybe somebody, maybe you know, because Sting promised to stay home. Right. Uh, maybe somebody from the back comes out and says, "No, fuck you. I'm your partner." Like Archer or something. Yeah. Um, which would have made more sense than fucking zip ties. But yeah, yeah, I was ready to be so fucking when, when Darby hit that coffin drop. I thought I thought that was the finish, and I was gonna be so fucking mad. I was the gonna be so mad. The only reason I, I was didn't gonna be, bite on the coffin was, drop was because where was, he landed. I was gonna be duct tape in a fucking last man standing match, mad. <laughs> uh, replays celebration. Page yells at Darby. We talk about the main event again and the nepotism special. Up next, Cassidy versus Baloney. No backstage. That was it. Just went right to Cassidy versus Baloney, right? Yeah. Okay. Or, Matt, no, it, it it went to break. Yes. All right. And when uh, we came back from break, the dipshits were already in the ring. Yes. Uh, Cassidy comes out first. He's accompanied by uh, the best friends and Statlander. And I gotta say, I absolutely love the new fucking merch. Yeah. The Cassidy shirt comes out. Cassidy comes out first. No, Cassidy comes out only. Yes. Um. Cassidy has the uh, yeah I, I love that it has the galaxy's favorite favorite alien on it. Uh, during Cassidy's entrance, we get a Goldman box from the Wingmen. All four of them say nothing important, but apparently tonight they will make Cassidy pretty. Okay. To to a uh, to a joke we've made uh, a couple of times already tonight. Did they film that Goldman box at the same time as they filled last week's Goldman box? Because they were wearing the same fucking clothes. Yeah, I think they did. All right, let's go into promo number two, guys. All right, get your get your uh, scripts ready. Come on. <laughs> Bell rings, and Cassidy uh, has left his jean jacket on. Oh, so that that's so Benoni can pick him up by the lapels and throw him into the corner. Almost. Almost. He... He struggled a little bit on that throw. That's true. Uh, Cesar pummels Cassidy and then rips off the jean jacket. Benoni continues the beating and Haas tosses Cassidy across the ring. That's what uh, that's what Shivani called it. Cassidy rolls to the outside where the re- where the rest of the wingmen basically molest him. Nemeth rubs self Tanner on Cassidy. Yeah. Avalon tries to get gel in his hair. It's uh. It's a fucking makeover. Yeah, but it felt in a more fucking, um, in a fucking wrestling match. It, it you, you calling it a makeover? I think it felt a lot like a future speaking out thing. But I'm just saying. Um. <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, you're hanging from that tree alone, my friend. Dude, they. I don't know. Anyway. Um. <sighs> They throw him back in the ring where Cassidy tries to come back, uh, but Cesar lays him out with a big boot. He rolls to the outside again, and they make it worse. And they start brushing his hair, and they force Cassidy into Nemeth's sparkly smoking jacket. What the fuck am I watching? Why? Buffalo Wild Wings. 
Mm. Why would Ryan Nemeth give Orange Cassidy his jacket? My jacket! Cassidy tries to use his quickness and actually executes a drop-down. Like a real, like that's what a drop down is supposed to do when somebody doesn't leap over you, because mm-hmm. Caesar actually tripped over him. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that move executed before. <laughs> Cassidy uh, leaps with a plancha to the outside, but the wingmen catch him and toss him back in the ring. Enter the best friends who have had enough of this shit. Yeah, me too. The best friends then launch Cassidy over the top rope, and he hits a flipping senton onto the wingmen. That was a good catapult. That was really nice. Almost overshot it. Uh, Cassidy heads back up to the top and tries to hit Cesar with a diving DDT, but Benoni catches him. Benoni tries to transition into a vertical suplex, but Cassidy reverses into a stunner and then hits that nice tilt-a-whirl DDT. Ryan Nemeth jumps on the apron to distract Cassidy, but Chucky T slides onto the apron to distract Nemeth? It was a beautiful slide. <laughs> it was a beautiful slide. I just don't know what he did to him. He just kind of pointed at him. Hi. Cassidy nails an orange punch on Nemeth, and Nemeth falls to the floor. J.D. Jake runs in the ring and attempts a clothesline, but Cassidy ducks. Statlander gets on the apron, boops Drake in the face, then Cassidy hits him with an orange punch. Benoni snatches Cassidy from behind. He attempts a pump handle slam, but Cassidy escapes. And guess what? Third orange punch. Cassidy covers and gets the win. What'd you think? This this was a whole lot of stupid. Do you think there was a bunch of dumb marks that thought Cassidy was winning that title at uh, double or nothing? (sighs) I bet you there were. I bet you there was a good amount of dumb dumb stands that thought Cassidy was winning that belt. And now look at him. <laughs> Kenny, this isn't over. Oh, now I'm getting forced into a makeover. Uh... <laughs> wow. From a world title triple threat match to this shit. <laughs> shit is the word for it. Uh, best friends get in the ring to celebrate with Cassidy as Peter Avalon lifts Benoni's head off the mat and cries out of despair because Peter Avalon is a fucking idiot. Peter Avalon wails for like three minutes. To the point where Shivani's like, all right, there, take it easy there, Peter Avalon. While the best friends are doing their little posy thing. Like, yes. The The best friends... What the fuck was this? I don't know, but the best friends hug. <laughs> hug. The best friends hug. Best friends. The best friends are hung. <laughs> they hug because you got to give the people what they want. Yeah, all the people who aren't fucking there. Right. We pan out. No, we don't. <laughs> Not that far. We throw to backstage where Alex Marvez is stalking Jungle Boy. Now I'm interested also, in your opinion. It's, it's a zoom out. A pan is when you move from side to side. Oh. Okay. Um, KT says the memes for Avalon crying over Benoni have been amazing. Ooh, KT, hit us up with some of those on Twitter. I haven't seen any. Um, KT, are you on our Discord? Right. If you're in the Discord, put them in the Discord. I haven't made a memes channel yet. Anyway. We throw to backstage where Marvez is stalking Jungle Boy. Uh, Jungle Boy shows up. Oh, how convenient. 
Uh, but before he can say anything, Don Callis, Kenny Omega, and Michael Nakazawa speed up in a golf cart. Kenny apologizes for interrupting, but says tonight he's here with no custom suit, no fancy jewelry, no championship belt. That's right, Kenny is here in jeans and a t-shirt. You know what that means. He says last week Jungle Boy embarrassed him, so this week he's here to give Jungle Boy an opportunity to prove just how tough he is, numbnuts. <laughs> he called him numbnuts. Kenny says he doubts the pretty boys ever been in a real street fight. Kenny says he packed a picnic for the two of them, and he brought knuckle sandwiches. <laughs> Uh, Jungle Boy says I'd personally rather fight you next week you know for the belt Kenny offers Jungle Boy the first punch but warns him as soon as he does he'll be all over that ass Jungle Boy Jungle Boy seems confused and asks Kenny you want me to hit you to which Kenny nods his head and says I'll be all up in that ass (laughs) and they censor it there, there, there is, there is a joke that is here, and it's gonna stay here, <laughs> cause it's not a good joke. Like not a funny joke, or like just a very offensive joke. Probably. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk off air. Sorry, it's just me thinking about Jungle Boy's ass. <sighs> anyway, Jungle Boy gets his, uh gets set. Jungle Boy is a goddamn moron. <laughs> Jungle Boy gets set to hit Kenny. And then, wait, let me take my jacket off and let me take my let me put my hair up and let me put your hair up and squeeze. Lo and behold, Nakazawa hits the Jungle Boy in the back with the laptop. Kenny uses the opportunity to attack Jungle Boy, but Jungle Boy quickly gets the upper hand. So Nakazawa pulls Jungle Boy off as Kenny and Don escape in the golf cart. Now, I do have to mention something because I didn't put it in the notes. Nakazawa tries to escape too, but Kenny kicks him off the golf cart as he drives away. (laughs) (laughs) And then Omega with my favorite line of Dynamite. And granted, it's not saying much because, you know, it shouldn't just be a fucking throwaway comedy line. But as the fucking golf cart speeds away, Kenny says, I'll get you next week, Jungle Boy. Next week. <laughs> if it's the last thing I do. Dude, was, that felt so Dr. Claw. Something. <laughs> and Inspector I'll, Gadget. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Alright, did you get a kick out of that? Of him screaming as it drove away? Uh, oh, you hated I mean, I, it, didn't you? That, 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 that part was, I guess so. I guess that part was funny. But I thought it was funny. The whole thing just made just made Jungle Boy look fucking He's dumb. so dumb. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely looked like a fucking moron. And it, it just, I don't know if this was their intent, but it, it highlighted the fact that they do not trust him even in a pre-tape in front of the camera because he's just not good at it right yet we'll say yet because he's still young uh remember there was a point where roman couldn't cut a promo all right but um 
Yeah, they don't trust Jungle Boy to talk. Other than like what, like he's got the Cesaro treatment right now, where it's like you say one sentence, you practice it sixty five times, and you don't stray from that sentence. Uh, after a commercial break, I feel like I'm talking forever here. We go to Alex Marvez again, who is in a different part of the backstage, allegedly. This time he's with Matt Hardy in the Hardy family office. Matt says Christian broke a contract and has to face repercussions. The contract, by the way, is the handshake that they both shared during the Battle Royal. You know, the one within six seconds Christian turned on Matt Hardy. Um, Hardy says Christian should have stayed retired, and then Christian tries to attack him while Bunny makes a bunch of weird noises. Private Party and Blade lock Christian behind a chain link fence. Almost. Well, good enough. They they had some troubles. To, to, to which I wrote, Christian really looks strong being unable to open a fence door that hasn't been locked shut yet. <laughs> uh... Hardy screams at Christian to calm down. He said he just wants to talk to him. He shoves a, he shoves a check so, into the chain link. Yes. He said, let me talk to you. <laughs> he shoves a check into the cage and says, I'm going to fund your retirement. Take the check and go spend time with your daughter. Christian demands that Matt open, unlock the cage. And Hardy's like, nope, not going to do that. Because it's not locked. <laughs> can't unlock something that was never locked, man. And he warned, Hardy warns Christian, if you keep coming after me like this, I'm going to retire you permanently. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't mind the personal animosity that this feud is getting to. Because it is Matt Hardy and Christian. So, yeah, these two obviously know how to work together, and they obviously know how to have a feud. You know what I mean? That's fine. Yeah, um, they've been doing it for 30 years. I was going to say, they know how to do it at this point. But, um... Will you... Okay, will you appreciate this feud if it does no. take, like, a personal turn? Like, if we start, this. like, like remember when Rand, when Triple H showed up at Randy Owens' house and they fought in front of his wife and then he threw him to the window? Those young, those young up-and-comers getting their shot in AEW. Matt Hardy and Christian. It's not like it's for the title. And I'm not exactly, I'm, look, before fucking Troy starts, you know, flipping out and typing in his phone tomorrow morning, um, I'm not saying this is a good thing. I'm saying... If it becomes more personal and more violent, then I will at least enjoy it a little bit more. Put it on dark. Yeah, right. This is going on the pay-per-view. <laughs> then what happened? Uh, back to the ring, and here comes Captain America himself. <laughs> he, of course, still makes Brock and Arn enter through the tunnel after he gets his big flashy pyro-laden entrance from the center of attention. Stage, sorry, center of stage. Uh, Sal, yeah, Cody's so American that he, he and Brandy, he and Brandy had to get a special bathroom installed in their house because when he sits down, he only expels apple pies, cheeseburgers, and baseballs. Sal, Cody's so American that if you cut him, Budweiser comes out. Is this like a Jeff Foxworthy bit? 
Because if you got more, you can just skip it. <laughs> During that was all I got. During the factory's entrance, we get replays from last week. Brock. Brock starts with Solo. He ducks a clothesline, and Cody hops in the ring for no goddamn reason. They try to play it up like Brock got too close to QT in the corner, but QT didn't actually fucking do anything, so it just looked dumb. Uh, Brock works the wrist. Solo takes the hair and finally takes Brock down on, like, the 14th try. Brock kips up and stomps the wrist, and Brock tags out. Real quick, before Brock tags out, so... I know, you know, it, it. I never would have thought this, like, originally when I was a kid, but, like, to be fair to, um, to AEW, I suppose, obviously Brock Anderson is very inexperienced, but who did they put him with? They put him with his two trainers and the guy who he probably did the most reps with in Solo. You know what I mean? Um... Like, that they actually surrounded him with people that were going to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Now, that is probably more of a detriment considering his performance tonight. But, you know. QT wants Cody. Brock punches him in the face, grabs the wrist and tags, and QT, QT tags out. Uh, Cody topes Solo, then spins for a power slam for no goddamn reason, and Solo double stomps him in the back. QT back in to smash Cody into the buckles, and he tags back out. Solo hits a couple kicks and tags back out. Cody counters everything they try to do and tags Brock. I'd call it a hot tag, but Cody wasn't in any peril, so whatever. (laughs) Brock almost fails at gut-wrenching Solo, then gets spine-bustered by QT for a two-count, and we go to box. We get another Rampage commercial, and would you believe it? More warehouse, and we come back for a double-down. Brock tosses Solo, who then takes Turner's attention so he doesn't see Brock tag out. I hate this company. (laughs) <laughs> QT wants a crossroads, but Brock turns it into a DDT, and he swims over to Cody to make the tag. <laughs> Did you notice that? He was literally crawling like this. He's uh, uh, uh. fucking doing a breaststroke across the ring. Uh, fuck was I? Oh, way down there. Okay. Uh, QT tags as well. Cody hits a power slam on Solo, then he goes and beats up QT for a while. Instead, he tosses QT, locks on a figure four on Solo, who is right next to the ropes. Uh, Cody puts Solo up on top. Uh, QT pulls him off into a Canadian destroyer. Solo with a kick to the head, and Brock makes the save. Tag is made. Brock drops Solo with a clothesline, then Irish whips Cody into the corner so he can half acidly leap on QT on the ramp. QT hits the showers. Brock gets a jackknife pin for three. In the background, Nick Camarado just kind of wanders onto the stage before noticing that his friend's lost. Speaking of idiots. We get we get replays, we get celebration commentary, sucks and dick, and we go to Lance and Jake. So what'd you think? Uh, I think the kid's got potential. I think that's why they put, the, put him out there with his trainers, so that they knew they could... But once again, keep it basic, basically. You've got someone having their first match on national television. Yeah, that's not okay. Especially. Stop (laughs) fucking doing that. Although, the alternative, and we've seen this a bunch of times, having their first match on a pay per view is not good either. (laughs) 
Just throwing it out there. Jake, whose teeth are too white to be real, talks about doors and makes bad puns. <clears throat> Lance screams and Jake leaves and yeah, that was weird. Hey, um, real quick, just back to backtrack to the um, your first match, right? I mean, at least they didn't win the tag titles in their fucking biggest show of the year. KT says this is a surprise because Cody didn't get the pin. Uh, you can't defend that, can you? What are you referencing? The other company put their tag titles on somebody who had their very first match at WrestleMania. It wasn't his first match. It was on TV or in front of a, a pay-per-view audience. So, it wasn't his first match ever. It wasn't fucking Brock Anderson's first match ever. That's what they were saying it was. I doubt it. Okay. Now, Shaq, that was his first match ever. <laughs> Yes, Jake. Jake with the dad joke, by the way. Brock That's why Anderson he's not a doctor because he doesn't have any patience. Brock Anderson doesn't even have a page on Cage Match. His first match ever. To commentary, to set up the conversation with Andrade, JR asks him why he chose AEW. They subtitle Andrade. Uh, he says he's a superstar. Okay, you didn't answer the question. JR sucks some company dick, then says he assumes that the championships in AEW are on Andrade's radar. You fucking think? Uh, Andrade says the AEW title is his next step. JR asks about Vicky. Andrade starts talking in Spanish. He talks about the connection between Vicky and himself, something about Eddie, and says they have a surprise. He said, um, you know, <laughs> Vicky come, you know, Vicky learned from Eddie. Eddie comes from a long line of famous wrestlers. His family also has a long line of famous wrestlers. That's why me and Vicky have a connection. And they have a surprise. Ooh. I, I'm interested in the surprise. Because the surprise could be a few different things. I feel like we're going to find out the surprise next week during that uh, tag match, but more on that later. Do you think <clears throat> this surprise could be uh, like another person like as part of this act? Probably. Could it be Zelina Vega? Or, Quite possible. Or Thea Trinidad at this point? Quite possible. That would be a very nice surprise because then Vicky can kind of like pass the managerial stuff to, to her. You say pass the managerial stuff off. I say fuck off. Same thing. Same thing. On the uh, other hand. Astra says, I remember the Shaq week. KT says, the other company put the tag titles on a ref's kid at WrestleMania. There's no defending that at all. True. That is true. That is true. Um, it could... Uh, they would never do this. Although, I'm wondering if they did do it, if it would make Troy happy or angry. What if it's Del Rio? Ugh. What do you no, think? Thank you. Troy never. happy or angry? Troy'd be pissed. Yeah, but he'd be so happy he gets to complain about it. <laughs> you hear that, Troy? You're a bitter old fuck. I love you, Troy, but uh, I'm just saying, you would love it because you would be able to shit all over the stands. Did you know that our main event is a trios match? Here's that match graphic again, just in case you forgot. You don't Your say. women's match is next. Except first, when we come back, Alex Marvez talks to Adam Page. Uh, Page accepts Hobbs' challenge for next week. Uh, Marvez then asks him about next week's title match, since he's the number two ranked male in the company. Page diverts to talk about the recent successes of the Dark Order. 
Uh, speaking of next week, we talked again. We talked about this before we started recording. Uh, we are moving back to Thursday next week. Uh, we will cover Saturday Dynamite, BTE, Wednesday Dynamite next Thursday. So finally back to normal next week. Thank God. But let's talk about Hangman Page because this is the sure. good spot as any to do that. I don't see why. It's not like he was just talking. I, it's midnight. I'm getting punchy. I could tell. <laughs> and I'm the one that's been up since 7. But anyway. I've also been up since 7. I've also 30. been up since 7. Anyway. Okay. If we stop planting seeds for Hangman fighting for the title at All Out. And we may not. We may be pushing this even further out to, like, November or something. You don't know with the AEW. But would you be excited for Paige going after the title? Currently, as Paige's character is right now versus Kenny's character right now. At this moment, it doesn't seem like it would make a lot of sense. Right. Because because uh, Paige keeps diverting anytime he's asked the question. That's the thing. I feel like so there we needs, have a lot of work to do. There need there needs to be some sort of inciting incident. Is that redundant? Maybe it is. Anyways, there needs to be something that flips that switch. And again, BTE's not really canon, but it is. But sometimes it isn't. It depends on what they're talking about. Maybe. The uh, little drug trip on this week's episode. Maybe that's the switch. Um, but uh, see, I need a bigger switch than that, though. I need you need a switch that actually happens on dynamite. I yeah, I need Kenny having some type of interaction with Hangman. Maybe after he beats Jungle Boy, um, where either he makes fun of Hangman or he runs him down, or maybe like Marvez brings up. Like I need some personal animosity between Kenny and Hangman before we even tease the feud. Like, I need Kenny to be like... You need Kenny. That was a waste of year of my career. Like, I don't know why I tagged with him. You need Kenny to beat the shit out of five. Uh, I was thinking silver, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If Ken, if they really want to make Kenny heel and they really want to make the moment, like this, this feels like Sting in '97. <laughs> like they're gonna wait so long with Hangman, and then we're finally gonna get it, and somehow they're gonna fuck it up. Yeah. Um. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But if you do it right, this could be one of the biggest feuds in your company, and one of the best payoffs is if it ends up with Hangman hoisting the title in mm-hmm. front of. We, Whoever. we talked about that when uh, when Kenny won the tournament. Yep. The eliminated tournament. That that was likely the long term goal here. Um and so we are we are doing what you call your long term storytelling in that Paige is still upset that he didn't win the tournament, so he doesn't want to talk about the world title. Fighting for the title. Yeah. But eventually, yeah, you have to flip that switch. Astra says, somehow fuck it up. Par for the company. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it just depends on 
when and do. how they decide yeah, to flip that switch. Exactly. When and how is the most vital part, and and what story they decide to tell. Because again, if you make the story bad, then I'm not. It's just, I'm just not going to be as invested in it. But you have a way of making it. Can't just be in ring. Like I need a real fucking story to to really. I don't think just me. I think if you want people to really rally behind Hangman, it it needs to be personal. But let's move on to match number five. Penelope Ford versus the nineteen-year-old version of herself. Julia Hart comes out accompanied by the Varsity Blondes. Yes. Justin Roberts announces Julia Hart as being from wherever Minnesota. You don't need to put a fucking Minnesota accent on when you say Minnesota, you fuck. (laughs) From Woodlake, Minnesota. Minnesota. (laughs) I don't you know. She's up there from the lakes country. Yeah, sure. You betcha. Why? Also, also now, now. During, during Julia's entrance, Tony Schiavone suddenly becomes really defensive about cheerleaders. <clears throat> As Julia makes her way to the ring, Tony hypes how difficult it is to be a cheerleader. I'm assuming one of his daughters is probably a cheerleader, <laughs> and he goes to the national competitions with her. Because oh, then, God damn it, it's a real sport. It's a real sport. You have no idea what they do. Those pyramids are dangerous, okay? JR asks Tony, were you a cheerleader? And Tony responds with, I was not. Do I look like a cheerleader? And fucking JR's like, I didn't know you when you were 18. Tony, you could, Tony, you could be a... You could be a with that uh, with that core. You could be a very solid base for a pyramid. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What if his What if his daughter doesn't do cheerleading? What if he's sleeping with a cheerleader? No. What if that That's even worse. <laughs> what if there's a fucking eight by ten picture from like the '60s of Tony Schiavone in a cheerleading outfit? As like the only male cheerleader for his high school, and he's like, "They work hard, God damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, and good for Tony. <laughs> Absolutely, but I want to see it on Dynamite. <laughs> uh, okay, Julia Hart and Penelope before lock up. They trade wrist locks. As Shivani brings up how we haven't seen Kip Sabian since Miro's attack. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Ford and Hart do some simple chain wrestling as Julia shoots Ford off the ropes and Penelope drops her with a shoulder tackle. Julia Hart hits a drop kick. Your generic, I'm 19 and I don't know what I'm doing, drop kick. It was a shitty drop kick. Mm-hmm. Followed by a crossbody sending Penelope to the outside. It is at this point that I wrote, Julia Hart is not good. <laughs> Continue. JR mentioned she's only 19 years old. And on cue, Julia shows her experience by getting too close to the ropes, which allows Penelope to trip her, and then Penelope nails a pendulum pendulum double knee drop off the top rope to Julia on the apron. You know my friend Benjamin double knee drop? (laughs) Penelope celebrates as we go to half box. Oh, this is the fifth, fifth match of the night, so women's match, throw away, got it. 
Back from boxing, Ford and Hart exchange forearms until Julia starts dropping Penelope with clotheslines. Julia goes for a front cartwheel clothesline, uh, but Ford ducks, and we slowly reverse the spot, but now Julia ducks. It is at this point that I wrote, Julia Hart is not good at all. Is it at this, it's at this point that I thought, ooh, Julia Hart really needs her hand held through this man. Uh, gets a roll-up, Penelope escapes and drops her with a clothesline. Penelope picks up Julia in a fireman's carry and then drops Hart on Penelope's knees with a gut buster. Gut buster! The super bad girl goes to the top and takes way, way too long to set up for the top rope moonsault, which of course means Julia rolls out of the way. She was probably afraid that she wasn't going to roll. Yeah. Julia goes for a sp- splitting leg drop, but Penelope avoids it, and then Penelope locks Julia Hart in what some used to call the last chancery. Go ahead. Penelope, as part of her entrance, does a jumping split in the middle of the ring. Yes, she does. Julia misses this split leg drop. This is a phrase I typed in my notes. And she literally sells her vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she put her hands down there, like, oh, my labia. Maybe she wasn't selling. I I guess Penelope has more experience banging that surface off of things. I don't know. Nice. Like I said, Penelope versus her 19-year-old self. Uh, Yes. So she puts her on the last chancery. Young Julia Hart screams out in agony and has no choice but to tap out. (laughs) Again, showing her inexperience, uh, Penelope laces the legs and does the bridge. Meanwhile, Julia Hart is laying there with her head up and back going, Hey, grab my chin. Grab it. After the bell, Penelope refuses to break the hold. There are moments where I think Penelope was legitimately angry during that match. See, okay. I'm glad you said that because I comically wrote down Penelope's going a little stiff with her. I wonder if she's jealous that this girl's like 10 years younger than her. I don't think it was jealousy. I no, think was, I think it was... You suck. Yeah, I think it was, like, pissed off that I have to fucking carry you through this shit. Deal with this, but you keep fucking up. Yeah. And looking shitty. See, now that... See? Okay, I was... Like I said, I was just fucking around, but you could tell Penelope was getting pissed in there. <laughs> and that's a valid reason why, that fucking Julia Hart kept fucking up. Uh, after the bell, Penelope refuses to break the hold. The Varsity Blondes get in the ring and yell at Penelope, and finally Aubrey breaks the hold. Uh, then we hear the voice of the TNT champion. Miro asks Penelope, where's Kip? (laughs) Fucking dickhead. (laughs) I understand Kip is injured, but Penelope's out here all by herself, and she's outnumbered three to one, and that's just not fair. But that's okay, because Miro's here. Miro calls himself God's favorite champion. Fuck's sake. Um, never mind. I was going to make an almighty joke, but I'm not going to go there. 
Um, and he says, what kind of man would he be if he left Penelope out here by herself? Mind you, Penelope's like already walked to the back at this point. <laughs> Miro gets in the ring and drops Griff Garrison. Pillman fights him off, and then Pillman and Miro brawl until refs break it up. This turns into a pull apart. Next week, I bet you fucking anything, Miro will defend the title against uh, Brian, Pillman. Brian Pillman Jr. <clears throat> that was my note. Uh, mind you, in the middle of this brawl, we just cut away to backstage. Yeah. To a pre-tape with Tony, which was... Okay. Tony Giovanni has caught up with Britt Baker and Rebel. Wasn't Tony Giovanni sitting right next to you? Story out there. Uh, let's see here. Before Britt can even say anything, Vicky shows up. Yay, Vicky Guerrero. Fucking great. I'm so happy I'm watching this man, this episode of Dynamite. <sighs> uh, Vicky yells and bitches and makes fun of Britt and says, Nyla should be the champ and they should have a match. And Britt says, I don't know what kind of games Vicky's playing, but she's not playing me. Uh, she's not playing games, especially not old maid. Ouch. Vicky says she brought Andrade El Idolo to AEW, and Tony Khan owes her a favor, so Khan has allowed Vicky to set up a match. Vicky, in all of her infinite wisdom, has decided to make it a tag match. Britt and Rebel versus Nyla and Vicky. So Vicky's getting replaced. Vicky leaves, and Britt and Rebel laugh their fucking ass off and <laughs> leave as well. Uh, Vicky has a Vicky has apparently adopted the "that's fine but" method of uh, of promoing. You smell like onions, and that's fine, but <laughs> you like cheeseburgers, and that's fine, but uh, <sighs> yeah. Dude, between, you say yeah, she's going to get replaced, and you act like they didn't put DDP in a match a year ago. <laughs> DDP was actually a wrestler. Vicky was married to one. <laughs> hey, Vicky's had tons of matches. She Where the fuck was Vicky? <laughs> we uh, immediately go to a graphic that on Dynamite's return to live Wednesday nights, Britain Rebel will take on Nyla and Vicky on June 30th. Also, an absolutely shocking news, Miro will defend the TNT title against Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> Who could have seen it coming? KT says Vicky's going to pull in Eva Marie. <laughs> Probably. That would be the best thing. The worst thing is if she actually gets in the ring. Uh, also, MJF versus Sammy Guevara. But um, that's on June 30th. Don't confuse that with Saturday night, because Saturday night, Kenny defends the AEW title against Jungle Boy. And also Hangman versus Hobbs. And also, unlike the last two weeks, it is Saturday at 8 p.m., not 10 p.m. I thought it was Saturday at, like, midnight. No, it's 8 p.m. on Saturday. Okay. Well, that's... They, finally got, they finally got TNT to reschedule one of them movies. <laughs> All right, but now let's take a special look at AEW's hottest tag team feud. I believe that's what Excalibur called it. One of AEW's most intense tag team rivalries. There it is. I mean, when you've only got one to choose from. Uh, we get a video package uh, between for the um, feud between FTR and 
Santana and Ortiz. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. Name one other tag team rivalry in AEW. The best friends and the uh, wingman. Yeah, okay. It's, it's the wingman. It's the thing. Or or the death triangle in the elite. Kind of. Sometimes. Uh, by the way, in this video package, everybody in this video package tries to claim that their upbringing was worse than the others. <laughs> well, I watched my mother get abused. Well, I slept in my car. There is a Monty Python skit called The Four Yorkshiremen. That is exactly this. Oh, we would have dreamed of living in a shoebox. Oh, I've heard this skit. <laughs> oh, my God. It's all 26 of us in a paper bag in a septic tank. <laughs> Uh, Santana says FTR wouldn't have the balls to say to his face that he's become complacent. He then says, you must be out of your fucking mind. But for once, for once, and be, probably because they were threatened, AW censors the right swear word. And because it's not live. And because it's not live. Um, you surprised that he mouthed the fucking F-bomb? And they beeped it out. It's the most intense tag team rivalry in the company. That's true. Uh, as we finish the package, Santana pie faces the camera. That takes us to break. And when we get back from break, we get a quick video clip showing us Tony Khan in New York City. And for the first time ever, ever, Dynamite will go to New York City. I Sorry, continue. On September 22nd, at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. It's such a big deal that for the first time ever, ever, there's going to be professional wrestling at this place that was built specifically for tennis. <laughs> I hope they leave the tennis field in. Like, I don't, I oh hope they don't God. cover up the field. My next note, City Field seats about 42,000. Supposedly, and that, that's in Queens. Supposedly, Arthur Ashe Stadium seats about half that, about twenty three thousand. I guarantee they don't get half of that. I don't care if they've never been in New York City; they're not even going to get twelve thousand for fucking for this episode. <sighs> and apparently, they're doing two shows because they said join us for both nights. Yeah, it's Dynamite Grand Slam. Also, why is it a big deal that they're in New York City? They just it was in Boston, Philly, and New Jersey before the pandemic. New York City. That's uh, still fucking WWE country. Um Um eh? Are you, are you excited for for AEW in, in New York City? I'm interested in seeing how they pull off the wrestling show on the tennis court. <laughs> I, I tell you how they're going to pull it off. Someone will get their fucking neck broke. Um, we go to a pre-tape of Smart Mark Sterling with Jade Cargill. Uh, they announced their new partnership with the Four Seasons Hotel in Toronto. Fucking random. 
Use promo code that bitch to get some type of fucking shitty discount. Jade Cargill is wearing that plastic netting stuff that they put along the side of the overpass so when they plow, the snow doesn't fall on the road below. We hit the catchphrase, and then we go to the main event, and I... I don't understand. I, I, and it's probably because I'm a dude, but I don't understand these women's fashions where it's the dress, but the arm of the dress is attached to the body of the dress, like right here. So you can't move your arm like higher than this. I don't know. Anyway, it is main event time. Not an eight man tag like we thought last week. Apparently, it wasn't even announced as an eight man no, tag. No, because we they took. Assumed. We just assumed, but they remember they took Pac out. They they crippled him apparently. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Penta enters with the Brontes, Kazarian enters, Kingston enters, the lead enter altogether, with Brendan Cutler filming and Don Callis bringing up the rear. Because he's an ass. Matt Jackson is dressed like 1995 Shawn Michaels. Callis uh, heads to commentary, the bell rings, and Frankie charges at Anderson. Off the ropes, Carl blocks the hip toss, Frankie with a roll-up uh, for two, and then a big clothesline. Uh, into Boots in the Corner, Frankie tags Penta, Jackson comes in, Penta beats them both up, Jackson actually starts wrestling in his stupid hat. Uh, Kingston in, they double-team, Matt oversells ahead into the buckles, off the ropes, Matt ducks a back fist and tags Luke, they do the double shoulder block, but Eddie falls over, so they do it again. We end up in a brawl on the floor, it's chaos, we go to box. As we go to box, um... <laughs> So, Kazarian, who has this blood feud, right? He's the elite hunter. Oh. Not really fucking wrestling like it. <laughs> you would thought he would have been, like, enraged, and he's going to fucking rip Kells and Anderson apart, or, or he's going to beat the shit out of Matt Jackson for what they did to him and his partner. And... Well, they charged right at Anderson at the bell. <laughs> I felt like they half-assed it, but go ahead. Uh, back to full screen, Carl has Eddie in the corner. Excalibur and Tony in ADR plug tickets for next week's Saturday Dynamite. Eddie starts no-selling for Matt, then Eddie gets some chops, Matt rakes the eyes, Eddie gets a belly-to-belly, and both men tag. Kazarian takes Luke off the apron, then takes out Carl, off the ropes for a flying forearm, then a hanging axe kick for Matt, body slam for Carl, and a springboard leg drop. This gets a two. Off the ropes, Frankie locks in a chicken wing. Gallows breaks it up. Kaz kicks him in the face, then gets spine-bustered by Anderson. Another double tag, and it's Matt and Penta. Tilt to roll backbreaker by Penta. Then he kicks LG in the face. Somersault tope for both brothers, then a DDT for Matt. This gets it, too. They take turns beating up Matt, a fear factor, which is the package pile driver, then a backdrop driver, and an angel's wings, and Gallows breaks up the count. Luke carries Matt to the corner so Anderson can tag in. A flurry of offense by Penta gets a two. Anderson breaks out of the pile driver, gets a neckbreaker for two. He tags Gallows, and they take out Kaz and Eddie. Penta gets triple teamed but kicks out at two. The brothers want the magic killer, but Frankie makes a save. He tosses Gallows, gets super kicked, half and half by Eddie on Matt. Anderson boots Eddie. Penta botches a backstabber, which they really could have reshot. Penta goes up top. Nick Jackson appears out of nowhere to spray Penta in the face, and a super cutter pins Penta. More spraying, more spraying, more spraying, more spraying, and we go off the air. <sighs> that was a match. That was a match. That happened on TV. I'll give credit where credit is due. The machine gun is better and more enjoyable to watch in the ring than his partner's. 
Yeah, yeah. I like the Spinebuster too. That was really nice. Uh, you know, Penta, Kaz, they do what they do. They're pretty good at it. Kingston is there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, the surprise with Nick Jackson coming out at the end. I mean, come on, stop. <laughs> stop. I've seen it. I, I saw it a mile away. It was not surprising. It was pretty much the way we've ended every dynamite in one way, shape, or form. Also, it's weird that they're distancing... I, I understand everything's been fucking pre-taped, but it just feels like they're distancing themselves from Kenny. You know what I mean? Mm. But yet, you know they're going to interfere during the match with Jungle Boy, so... Right. I don't know. So, thankfully, this is our last... Friday Death Slot Dynamite for a while. Yay. Next week is live with a crowd. So hopefully uh, hopefully we get back on an upswing here. I think the, especially I don't know about, about Saturday Dynamite Saturday because I feel like that's still going to be kind of shitty. But definitely June 30th, I, I think, is going to be a good episode. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, I mean, they're even promoting it as it's our first live Dynamite right. back in front of fans on a Wednesday. And just the way things worked out, it's the first and also, time. June 30th is the last Dynamite at Daly's Place after, yes. what do they say, 14 months, 15 months, however long it's been. And that's, and this is, you know, other than. Um, at Double or Nothing. Because this is the last time they're going to be at Daly's Place for a while, I, I do think they're going to pack the place. I think the place is going to sell out. And I think it's going to be a loud crowd. Hopefully. Yeah, I, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I I would hope, yeah, that they will go all out for these last two shows. Is Saturday cause... live? Yes. Okay, so that should be fun too. That's why they. That's why they had to ADR in. Buy tickets, please. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured. Um, <laughs> this is really the only the only funny uh, re review from Cage Match. A two This time, without some great segments or moments, we had only a sequence of bad match. One of the most annoying episode ever. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's got a 5.53 on cage match. Okay, his his is yeah. The thing about this episode is I felt that other than trying to cram in a lot of backstage, they tried some new things that really didn't work. But they tried some new things like the cage fight for what it's worth, they they tried. I mean, yeah. you know. Uh, Brock Anderson, they tried. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you tried! Yeah, I mean, like, it wasn't, again, it wasn't as bad as it was a couple weeks ago. It wasn't really that great. It was very... Eh. <laughs> the only thing I really liked on this episode was probably Kenny screaming as they drove away. Which definitely shouldn't be the highlight of a fucking two-hour wrestling show. <laughs> but yeah. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I I liked. Um, Darby's match was okay. Uh, Zipline, you know, 
or whatever the fucking zip ties, zip ties and, and, aside, and, it was okay. And Darby hot tagging himself. Oh, I hated that. I really fucking hated that. I also hated that Ethan Page grabbed Darby by the face and pointed at his empty corner when they just did that in a Bucks match like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't uh, good. Um, Cassidy versus Bononi wasn't good. What no. was the next? Oh, Cody and Arn. No, I didn't care for that. Yeah. Julia Hart and Penelope. Arn Jr. And I mean, the main what? event was okay. The Penta, Penta and fucking Sorry. Kazarian yeah. were all right. So we we had this discussion in, in my Twitch chat the other day. Uh, was it Sunday night, I think? Um, Astro has been been talking about it in our in our chat here about uh, about our, our our rampant negativity. And I think I feel like it's it'll be it's a good thing to talk about on the show. Because it has been a it has been a while since I I feel since we have had a positive review of a dynamite episode as a whole. And the 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 chief question uh was uh I'm not I'm not calling you out, Astro. This is I'm saying this is a good this is a good discussion piece. Mm-hmm. Um, the the chief question was Do you actually like wrestling? <laughs> And if you don't, if you don't, if you if you don't like it, why do you watch it? And and I have said it before. Uh, it's 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 no secret at this point that I am right now really a barely a WWE fan at this point. I don't watch the product barely. I haven't watched NXT in weeks because we've been doing this on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't watch the main roster. Uh, and we have had we have had a string of of AEW things that have not been great. Um, but my my point was my answer was that I would still call myself a a fan uh, because you and I we've been watching wrestling for basically thirty years apiece. Thirty years, thirty years. <laughs> You're gonna make your dusty joke again. Um, and so we, you and I, we remember things like the Attitude Era, when it was good, when wrestling was good. And so at this point, it's like putting a fishing rod out there, just hoping that at some point it gets good again. Here's the problem. And this, I can only speak for myself with this because I, I do still try to watch everything, and it's probably my own fault. But I like to to get the jokes that we make, you know, on the other rundown episodes. Um, I want to know what Troy and Ginger are talking about. If it was really that bad, at this point, I'm watching it for the train wreck factor, right? <laughs> and some of that's entertaining, but also the problem is. After 2001, it wasn't that wrestling was never good again. No, 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 no. Much like a fucking heroin addict, every now and then we'd get something that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And fuck, dude, one of the best matches everybody says of all time was Michaels versus uh, Taker. And that was in 2009. Sure. 
And then we had that, things that, like that, CM that, Punk. That match, that match with uh, Michaels and, and Cena, that was like an hour and a half on that one episode of Raw. Yeah, that was in the mid two thousands. Yeah. Um, we had we had CM Punk's pipe bomb, and then mm-hmm. we had the Shield, and then we had Bray Wyatt. Like, there's been things in wrestling, and f- even when the Fiend first came out, I thought sure. it was amazing, absolutely. And you know what? Even <laughs> outside of the gimmicky shit. Dude, we have watched, me and you have watched um, NXT UK takeovers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the before times. Uh, that were, that's, that's another good point. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. That were really good. Dude, I've watched takeovers that have been really good. Sure. And that's the thing. We just keep chasing these really good moments. KT says the IWC is a self loathing, masochistic horde of people waiting for the golden age to come back again. Now, that's another, you just said in the before times, that's another, that's another thing. The last 15, 16 months really have to be taken out of the equation because this, this changed the business as a whole. Um, and there's no way to compare this to anything else because you've, you're, you're now suddenly going from arenas with tens of thousands of screaming fans every week. Two in the blink of an eye, nobody. And that is not a that is not a change that you can make instantaneously. I Especially am hoping, as a viewer, as a viewer of the product that we've been used to for thirty years. As as a viewer of the product, as a maker of the product. Oh yeah, that too. Now, uh, now yes. Uh, Based on what we've been listening to over on the WWE Rundown, Raw has been getting considerably worse and worse as time goes on. I am hoping that in the next two months, as as we return to, if you want to call it normal, we return to touring, we get back on the road. AEW is going back on the road uh, starting on my birthday with uh, you know Dynamite Roadhead, um, which is... I just said that phrase out loud, and then it clicked in my head. Um, <laughs> I so I'm hoping that as we get back to the actual touring, and not not the Thunderdome, not some a few people in the Capitol Wrestling Center in front of reused Thunderdome graphics, um, not extras at AEW with uh, crowds every once in a while when they do a live show that it will help it will it will help the product feel more normal and that that will then help the writing get back to normal and help things get back to to normal because the other thing is with with what's going on the last 15 months is you have no crowd reaction to judge on mm-hmm. so we are getting pure pure booker ideas here <laughs> And nobody knows. Well, that's not working, or well, that's working. That's working better than pendant because there's no, there's no, there's no way to know that because there's no reaction here. So my hope is. So I, I would still call myself a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. I, I am more of a casual wrestling fan at this point because it just my brain has decided that the, based on everything I know about the current product, there are better things that I could be doing on Monday nights. Or, or and then I work on Friday, so I never get to watch SmackDown live, anyways. But I am hoping as we move back into 
the the post COVID era, if you want to call it that, that we can kick it back in the gear, put it back in the right direction, and get better. If now, not, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> now, then here's the thing, though. It, it okay. It might take a while for it to really get back, and. and Every company was kind of affected by the pandemic differently, and every, you know, every company kind of handled it di- handled it differently, right? Like you said, these are unprecedented things that happened, and I think both WWE and AEW did their best in what they thought as far as crowd and how they were going to handle that. Um, Impact really didn't change anything because they never were in front of a crowd to begin with, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um. Impact's like, you mean we could have up to 50 people at a show? <laughs> but my my concern, but also, you know, like I said, it's going to take some time, but my concern is that WrestleMania was in front of 25,000 people, and it really wasn't that good. Didn't it feel good, though? It felt better. It felt better, which is why I'm saying if I can get it consistently, I think it will feel better. Exactly. And then we also said that we we liked Double or Nothing, and that was in front of people. Yeah, and that felt better until Cody killed the crowd. So, <laughs> and you know what? I'm kind of glad because because there are certain things that have happened in both companies. And again, pandemic wrestling is one thing, but you cannot put cer- certain stuff in front of people and because they will shit on it. Mm-hmm. And as far as AEW goes, if they did that fucking bullshit with the with the wingmen, I don't even think the stands would have bought into that shit live. So, yeah, I mean that's the, that's the best way to boil it down is there is there is a missing piece, and once that missing piece is put back into place, once it's and it's that that energy from a live crowd, from a big live crowd, from a tens of thousands in an arena big live crowd uh that that has been missing the past the past 15 months and hopefully when that comes back on a regular basis that things will you know fall back into place things will click back into place and things will improve and i think wrestling fans need to get back to their comfort zone because me and you as wrestling fans what did we do 90% of the time that we had been fans? We went to shows. And that's a whole different fucking experience. Astro and KT saying we need to add a soundbite for it was fine until Cody. <laughs> um, but am I wrong? Like, that was a big part of our wrestling fan. It was going to shows. Sure. We had a shit fucking load of fun when we went to um, to Dynamite back in 2019. Absolutely. I still have my tickets. And I I cannot Four. wait to go to indie wrestling again this Saturday. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of wrestling fandom that we haven't been missing. Yeah. And I still I still I, I still have my tickets for, for Dynamite. I have not asked for a refund. We are in the one that was supposed to be April fifteenth and then became August whatever eighteenth and then became April twenty first of this year. And it's now, what is it, September? Is it in September? Uh, September 8th of this year. Oh, good. So that might, and they're, they're going to New York City on the 22nd, so maybe they'll stay in the area and that won't get canceled. 
So, um, are they still take- doing it at Aganis Arena? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good because at this point, the way Dynamite was going and with it, the way they were begging people to buy tickets for Saturday, I was worried it was going to be at Lowell High School. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, if you have, if you want to share your thoughts on that, you are please, uh, please send us a tweet, send us an email, go uh, to the uh, the address that that Troy lists in the outro, and uh, leave us a little voice message, and we can talk, uh, we can talk more about that. But uh, I just thought that was something worth uh, worth mentioning because it is it is a very important important thing. Um, mm-hmm. To the news this week, uh, I don't have a lot. I have three uh, three bits here. Uh, first up, AEW announced the upcoming release of its first ever championship replica title belt. Uh, the pre-sale starts Wednesday tomorrow at noon Eastern at shopaew.com. Um, the press release reads, AEW World Championship replica title belts pre-sale begins this Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern. This official replica version was created from the same art as the actual AEW World Championship. Simulated leather straps made from polyurethane features 868 simulated jewels. Total weight is approximately 9 pounds, approximately 50 inches by 12 and a half inches. Fits up to a 45-inch waist. Comes in a black cloth bag with the All Elite Wrestling logo on it. Belt shipped via flat via FedEx ground insured. Not available internationally. No coupons allowed. Ships Q1 2022. $699. Six hundred ninety-nine dollars. Nope. Oh, I put it back over there. My my Attitude Era World Championship. My Attitude Era WBF Championship that's over there. Not the Winged Eagle, but the big the big round blue one. After that, mm-hmm. uh, was like three hundred dollars in two thousand. I was gonna say that's not a good case because that was twenty-one years ago. <laughs> but even still. If I go to WB Shop right now, oh, I think it's five. I think it's five hundred. So it is. It is extremely expensive for a replica wrestling title. Um, I, I just no, dude. I can never justify spending after I'm assuming tax because every state's going to vary. Almost eight hundred fucking dollars on a goddamn wrestling title. Like no. <laughs> Now, now you're more of a mark than me when it comes to merch. <laughs> so would you would you ever consider spending fuck? And I, granted, it's a nice looking title, but would you ever think of spending seven hundred dollars? You can be that. honest. Not not for that belt. Would now you? WB WB has what they call their deluxe replicas, uh-huh. which are legit, basically one-to-one scale. The plates are the actual thickness of the plates on the actual belts. It's a real leather strap and all that. And those are like those are like a thousand dollars. But standard replica. Those are kids' belts. Uh, del- uh, deluxe uh, WWE Universal Championship replica five ninety nine. Elite Elite Series. What the fuck makes it an Elite Series at nineteen ninety nine ninety nine? Holy shit. Uh, anyway. There are there are belts like I would spend if I if I hit the fucking Powerball if I hit the Publishers Clearinghouse there are belts that I would spend that kind of money on mm-hmm. the AEW Championship is not one of them really? the Winged Eagle the Winged Eagle title absolutely no I couldn't I just I could never justify it man give me a Winged Eagle belt 
if I was if I was rich and I wanted um, belts on display just in like you know like a man cave area of my of my uh, house, right? I could spend like three fifty, maybe four hundred, but I don't think I could go higher than that. And that's if I was legit, you know. NXT UK Championship replica title three hundred ninety nine on sale four twenty nine ninety nine regular price. See, I would I would buy that for NXT Cruiserweight Championship replica title three ninety nine ninety nine. Oh please, you couldn't even get eighty bucks for that fucking thing. <laughs> it's not the purple one. I don't. It's the black one. It still looks like a rubber piece of fucking uh, you know cheap ass material. Like it doesn't oh, look still, like a championship title. <laughs> they still have the Daniel Bryan eco friendly. Replica title. No, three, I'm all set with that one too. Three ninety nine, You know what I want? I want, um, I want the NXT UK title because that belt is gorgeous. I want the original Intercontinental title with the white strap. I, I love the NXT UK tag belts. Eh, I wouldn't buy it though. I want the Intercontinental title, and I want. I. Definitely want the the winged e- the winged eagle, and I actually like your belt. I really do like your belt. I know everybody brags about the smoking skull belt during that era, but I like the the what I call the Triple H World Title. <laughs> <laughs> it's over there. I can't go grab it without taking my headphones off. Um, I would also get a big gold belt, but only if it was signed by Ric Flair. <laughs> All right. As uh, as per usual, we try to end with some good news. We have two pieces of good news this week. Uh, first off, the one everybody's already aware of, Cody Rhodes announced on Instagram uh, that his wife, Brandy, uh, had given birth to their daughter, uh, whose name is Liberty Iris Runnels, uh, six pounds, 12 ounces, his mother and daughter are doing wonderful. Uh, so congratulations to Cody and Brandy. We have talked privately about how stupid that name is. We don't need to go rehash that argument here. Uh, <laughs> wow. So much for a feel-good story. I knew he couldn't help himself. You're right. Wow. That name is awful. Captain America names his daughter Liberty. Fuck off. But, uh, At least it's the name of Liberty Bell. <laughs> true. But uh, in all seriousness, congratulations to, to Cody and Brandy. Um, glad that everyone is doing well, uh, and we wish them Nothing but the best on this new adventure. Sure. Um, just had to one-up Mox, didn't you? Um, the other thing, uh, the other, the last thing that I have, uh, <laughs> from the uh, expect the unexpected department, in a post on Twitter, the butcher revealed that he saved a drowning chipmunk earlier this week. <laughs> Uh, writing, quote, I saved a drowning chipmunk this morning. That's good universe vibes. Little buddy just needed a nice blanket and a walnut. Uh, a fan asked if he gave the chipmunk mouth to mouth. He responded, I didn't do that, but I did push on her tiny chest to pump the water out. Um, and then, and then added, uh, while retweeting, uh, some rock, uh, rock magazines tweet about, uh, whatever the hell his name, whatever the hell the name of his band is. Said, you know, uh, said, quote, I'm still the baddest MFR in AEW. I just like tiny animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also posted a photo of the chipmunk wrapped in the blanket with the little nuts, little walnuts next to her. With the little nuts. Okay. And has apparently named the chipmunk Rudy. <laughs> so. That's nice. I just enjoy that. Uh, the idea of the, the, the butcher saving a drowning chipmunk. <laughs> That's all I got. You got anything? No. God, no. I'm fucking tired. Let's get the fuck out of here. That wraps up week 87 of the AEW Rundown. 
Uh, Sal, you're going to join me this Saturday. At- this Saturday night at the Elks Lodge a- in Newburyport, Massachusetts. At APW. Um, <laughs> Sal never has news. You're right. Um, we're going to have a good time. But uh, for the rest of you, be, stay- be-, be safe. Mm-hmm. Always be safe. Stay sane. Be kind. Be a good human being. And um, we'll be back next week. Back. Back on Thursday. Back on Thursday. Bye, You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>